Good morning, New Life Downtown. Welcome to church, everyone. If you're watching online, I want to say good morning to you, too. My name is Jay. I'm one of the pastors here at New Life Downtown. want to welcome you. If you are new or newer here, uh, New Life Downtown is a non-denominational charismatic church here in the Pikes Peak region with the mission of making disciples by calling people to worship, connect, and serve. So that's what we're going to do this morning. Uh, if you are new, we would love a blast of the ram's horn. Praise God with the lute and lyre. Praise God with the drum and dance. Praise God with strings and pipe. Praise God with loud cymbals. Praise God with clashing cymbals. Let every living thing praise the Lord. Amen. All right, let's worship together this morning. Praise your voice, you heights in all you depths. From furthest east to west, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Come to praise. Oh, you the Lord. Praise your voice, you heights in all you depths. From furthest seas to west, you taste and burning stars. All creatures near and far, from sky to sea to shore, sing out forevermore. Our hearts to you, O God. We lift up our songs to you, O Lord. With all we are, we say praise the Lord for every good thing that you have done. Our Creator, our Redeemer.
life, the breath within us. So Holy Spirit, we do welcome you and we fix our gaze on you today, God. Lord, would you meet us here in our weakness, in our vulnerability? Come, Holy Spirit. is what C.S. Lewis called it. We're far too easily pleased. Lord, forgive us for being far too easily pleased. Stir up desperation in our lives again for your name, for your life. We're hungry for you, God. Let's try that chorus again together. Let my life, so let my life bring glory, glory to you. Let my life bring glory, glory to you. Let my life bring glory, bring my rock forever. May all my life bring honor and glory. Try that again. Oh God. Take your ordinary, everyday life. You're eating, drinking, going to sleep, going to work, walking around life. Set it before God as an offering. This is pleasing to him. And then he says, embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. I love that. Embracing what God has done for us. A prayer for strength. God, would you strengthen us in our witness? Would you embolden us in the faith? Would you help us to disciple and to evangelize more and more people that the gospel might spread, even if it costs me my life? God, would you help me to bear witness to the goodness of Jesus where I am? So we want to pray for those who are living in those places. Would you welcome Steve as he comes and prays for us, leads us in prayer today. Thanks, everybody. It's good to be with you and a privilege to lead the prayer for the persecuted church around the world. I, um, when I think about persecution, it's, it's increasingly global, it's really complicated, and it's really messy. 
So let me lead us through prayer in each of those categories. Maybe before I get started, I could share a little bit about our time in India and um, serving wonderful church networks there. Um, they're facing a huge amount of increased persecution because the government is shifting from a democracy toward a, toward a Hindu-centric nation. And um, as a result of that, Christian Muslim minorities are under a great deal of pressure. Uh, one of our leaders, uh, let's pray together, shall we? <clears throat> Father, we, we recognize that you said that if you were persecuted, we would be persecuted as well. It's not limited just to India or other nations, but it's also here. It could be college students in a, in a hostile class or those of us who work perhaps in a hostile environment, whether we're working in teaching or business or military. Uh, but I finally trusted uh, and everything worked out okay. I made it on time as did uh, all of you. I'm slightly embarrassed to share that, but I, did, I felt like it would be good for my soul to, to share that with you all this, this morning. I do have, I, I think, you know, I understand the different arguments for and against daylight savings and all of those things. What I still have not heard uh, in any of the conversations is a convincing argument of why it has to be two in the morning that the clocks change. I, th I think if they did it at 10 p.m., I would feel better uh, that I could see the phone do it then rather than having to wait. Where did that come from? Um, I don't know. Uh, so I was so excited. I was like, I can't wait to preach this passage. And then the more I studied and the more that I prayed, I became captivated with a different individual in the text rather than Elijah, the lesser known man by the name of Obadiah. A different Obadiah than he has a book named after him in Minor Prophets. Uh, Obadiah was apparently a popular name. Back then, we encountered Elijah later in the, in the narrative, and he calls Elijah his master. But Elijah, in that conversation, says to Obadiah, he calls Ahab his master. Obadiah is a man caught in between. He's caught between Elijah and Ahab. He's caught between Yahweh and Baal. He's caught in this really different place, and he plays a different role in this text than Elijah does. Elijah is the prophet on the outside, speaking the word of God against Ahab and Jezebel in their kingdom, but Obadiah is the servant on the inside who finds himself loyal to God in the midst of your job or at the school that you attend. Or maybe the just life has you so isolated from others that you feel so completely alone and you're wondering what's going on in the place that you find yourself. Or maybe there's something in your industry or your career or your workplace that you know deep in your bones is misaligned with the kingdom of God. There's something about the values of the place. There's something that is not the way to live. Let us show you another way. But how do we do that? How do we maintain a faithful presence in faithless places? How did Obadiah do that? When we look at the text, the first thing we see about Obadiah is this. That Obadiah greatly feared the Lord. He greatly feared the Lord. In the situation he found himself in, he greatly feared God. What happens when we're forced to choose which commitment will be ultimate and which ones will be subordinate? What happens when that choice about which commitment is going to be greater comes with a real consequence to it? In those moments, the church at its best and the church in its call is to give our greater allegiance to God. And to say, this is where our true devotion lies, is to him. We pledge aversion becomes necessary in certain moments in time. But actually, our everyday, ordinary Christian practices are also subversive acts. The things that we do as Christians are subversive. 
We engage in Christian practices to be with Jesus. That's the primary reason that we pray and that we read the scriptures, that we do any of those things. Because we want to be with Jesus. We want to develop our, in a place where words are unreliable, where words are manipulative and twisted and used for one's own gain. Truth-telling and promise-keeping are acts of resistance. In a world where conversations about faith have become increasingly complicated, prayer is an act of resistance. Every practice that we engage in as followers of Jesus deepens our devotion to him, faithful to God. See, as a faithful presence in faithless places, we must be the kind of people who do good whenever possible. Who do good whenever it is possible in every context that the Lord sends us into. There are challenges. There are things that are hard. There are real difficulties. And there are also beautiful opportunities. We often feel helpless and powerless in situations where it's easy for us to believe that there's nothing that we can do to participate in the change that we know that God wants to bring in the place we find ourselves in. But the scriptures encourage us to look for ways to make meaningful contributions because after all, we are empowered by creative spirits of God who lives inside of us and empowers us with another. And so many of the other things that we do are about taking care of the people in our city. This is why we do Alpha. The people might know the good news of Jesus. They don't have a safe place to come in with all of their hurt and all of their question and all of their doubts and just say, I can't find another place to have an honest conversation where my perspective is respected and cared for. So we set tables at Alpha. This is why we launched Celebrate Recovery. You're like, I am so tired. That being a faithful presence in a faithless place is just taking it out of me. You're thinking about going back to work or thinking about going back into the situation this afternoon or going wherever it is that God is sending you. And you're like, Jason, I just don't know if I have it in me to go back for another week. You feel exhausted. You feel defeated or deflated. You're confused. I just don't know what to do anymore. You feel isolated and alone in that situation. As you come to the table today, may Jesus show you how to lie down in pastures, places that he sets you. And may he begin to. So friends, we draw together to Jesus' table, where all who believe that Jesus is the true king of the world are welcome to come and receive. Regardless of your church affiliation or your background, you're welcome here. To a place where we encounter the one who lived in such a way, to show us what it's like to give of oneself, to be present to all people. He did it here and he's doing it. Would you stand and greet those around you in the peace of the Lord? He broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And after the supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, drink this. All of you, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, we have many ways you can follow along with the people around you. You can just join in alongside them. Uh, ask what's happening if you're curious. Or if you really need some more details, we have a QR code available for you that explains how and why we take communion together. But at this time, we continue in our worship. We continue praising God and encountering the spirit of the Lord here in this moment. Let's do that together as we come to the table.
Let's uh, sing a quick little happy birthday to Pastor Jason Jackson together, would we? Happy birthday I suppose I may he keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face toward you and give you peace. We'll see you around this week and hopefully back here next Sunday. Thanks. Have a great day.